Hi, friends. Welcome back to listening to the wonderful world of uh, the gospel according to stupid. I am Johnny Waters, and I am your guide through this. Uh, because why not have the blind leading the blind? This is the podcast where you get to listen to me reading the Bible, and as fun as that sounds, I've never read the Bible, and so I'm going to have a lot of misinformed, miss stupid, dumb things that I'm going to be talking about. So, anywho, uh, yeah. Before we get into that, new things with me, not a whole lot, I can't lie, but I did just join Loot Crate. That's right, I joined up with that little band of so-ons and so-forths, and if you're thinking about joining up to Loot Crate, you should just up and do it. And I don't really have a sponsorship or nothing with them, but you know what, I could probably earn $5 and helpful things to my credit if you just use me as like a reference or something, like, I knew him, and da-da-da-da-da, and he told me to talk to you, and then you can go off and do your thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, so new things. So, uh, Noah was, uh, directed by David Aaron, uh, Darren? David, uh, Mr. Aronofsky. Uh, and apparently I got a nice little email from Justice Stupid saying that this particular individual happened to be a, an atheist and it won a, it got a bunch of money and, and, uh, and everyone was talking about it and it was a good thing. So maybe I just missed the like the train or something. Maybe I just missed the the message that it was meant to send, and maybe I was just a little lost. I'm not sure. But, meh, going into it cold, as I usually do, or raw, as some people might want to call it, I... Eh, eh, that was me. So, but uh, if we do another um, movie review kind of thing, I'm probably going to have, more than likely have uh, just a stupid on here who hosts the Hitchcock University podcast that I think you all should check out. It's quite interesting, and I very much enjoy it. Anywho, now, on with the bibble. All right, so last time, uh, if I remember correctly, so there was a golden calf incident, and uh, at first Moses was very much like, hey, guys... Don't, don't, God got mad. Okay, he was going to fiery wrath and sword and doom everything. But, turns out Moses did one of his wonderful things, just like much, many of our followers who happen to do. He uh, pretty much turned God away from that wrathful, uh, you know, massacring of people. Because, you know, Moses wanted to get his hands dirty, which he did. Apparently he killed about 3,000 folks. Going like, you motherfuckers! And then he made them drink the melted, uh, like, gold of the calf. And Aaron was like, I just wanted to give people something to hope for. And that's all I really wanted. And that's about as far as that went. Uh, yeah. So, there's that. Um, yeah. That's what I remember. Anyway. Alright, so now we're on chapter 33. We out of, like, 40. So we're going to be moving chapters here in, like, a week and a half, guys. Holy fuck! Exciting. Which also means that uh, after Exodus, uh, as I've been told, I will need to be getting pretty drunk to start doing this podcast again. So have that to look forward to. Yeah. All right. So Exodus chapter 33. Here we go. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, uh, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. Okay. Get the fuck out, and I will bless your so-ons. 
And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. I'll drive them all out. It'll be bad. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. Oh no, bad. And the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on him his ornaments. Oh, so no one got all dressed up. They're like, oh, fuck. For the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, Ye are a stiff-necked people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Whoa, oh, fuck. Therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. God is unhappy. So it sounds like, take off your fucking clothes, and I will decide what to do to you. I'm so fucking mad. <sighs> Yay, angry God. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. Uh, I'm assuming it's a close mountain to Sinai. We'll see what happens. And Moses took the tabernacle, which I'm still not really sure what the fuck that is, and pitched it uh, without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that every one which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And out of the camp it went, and people went to it and went, okay, we went off to that. Uh, and it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. Oh, right. Tabernacle's like that tent they made, right? Uh, and it came to pass as Moses entered in the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended, uh, okay, and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man spaketh unto his friend. Oh, that's good. So just chitty chat. And he turned again unto the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Oh, fuck, is this a bad thing? I'm not sure. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, shew me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. Yes, okay, so seeking forgiveness, I think. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Okay. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is, <coughs> is it not that thou goest with us, so shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake unto Moses, uh, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name, as opposed to the many masses that I haven't the fucking slightest who they are. It'll be a great time. At least I know you, I can trust you. Uh, 
and things. This seems to be a lesson of get thyself known by to and or by the Lord. That would be a really good thing to, to you know, make happen. Just throwing it out there. Uh, and he said, I beseech thee, shew me thy glory. Hmm. That's a... I know this is not the thing, but that's a really great way to, like, just tell someone b biblically to get naked. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will shew mercy on whom I will shew mercy. Uh, okay. So, seems like, if I be good to someone, God, you need to be good to someone. Right? And that's what I'm reading, maybe. Uh, or if you're good to somebody, then I'll be good back to them. So eh, this seems to be a weird sort of meeting in this. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Oh, that's where that line comes from. 3320. All right. Cannot see the Lord, for you will die, or you cannot live. However, women can see God. I mean, if we're going to get real technical with this, uh, there shall be no man see me and live. So maybe, maybe you lady folks are holding out on us in some sort of way. Probably not. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. Okay. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. This makes me wonder, and I hope, I mean, judging from all this, we can all say, yes, we were all made in his image, but I'm very scared uh, of how our Lord looks in the face. Now, this might be just a clever ruse to go like, I wonder what God actually looks like. To have people question that particular thing, and I quite enjoy it. Uh, but, and we're on this idea that we're made in his image, but maybe he's not exactly the most attractive human being. Maybe he's not exactly human. Maybe his face is upside down. Uh, like that character kid in uh, Family Guy. I'm not to say, but... You know, maybe I just have some self-conf... Uh, self... Self... Um, Self-esteem issues with his facey place. I'm not sure. But it's a nice thing to be like, I will put my hand on you and I will walk away, but you can look at my back and it will be a glorious time. Sweet. Great. Okie dokie. Moving on to the next chapter. Chapter 34. And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone that are unto the that are like unto the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. You bastard. Yes, okay. So we're going to make a new table with some new laws that aren't so fucking broken. And be ready in the morning, and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai, and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. That's going to be tough. That's going to be real tough. Also, why just him? Is he just that good? Because he's really not that great. You know, all in all. 
He just kind of got chosen, I guess. Well, whatever. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first, and Moses rose up early in the morning and went unto Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand the two tables of stone. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord, Ted. That doesn't say that on there, but it'd be funny if it did. Ted! Lord Ted! God Ted! And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. That's probably where we get a lot of fucked-up rules. Suddenly thinking about it, in 34-7, the ideas of like, oh, your father did this? Well, we're going to just punish you and your child for the sins of the father, as it were. Uh, so I imagine that's where that goes. God will, if God will visit uh, on the guilty and the guilty's children, why should men not do such a thing? Oops, that's not a good thing. That's bad. That's not good at all. Um... Keeping mercy for thousand generation, blah, blah, blah. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us. For it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for thine inheritance. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant. Before all thy people I will do marvels. Such as have been done, have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation, and all the people among thou which that um, um, fuck, and all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Oh. This is not good at all. Bad, 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 bad. Observe thou that which I command thee this day. Behold, I drive out before thee the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. All your friends, away they go. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land whither thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves. A little far, right? For thou shalt worship no other god, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous god. New information for me. 3414 in the uh, King James, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous god. Huh. You know, some folks think that God is above these things, above these certain petty emotions, and really the only J word that comes to mind for our good Godfellow is judgment. This makes me wonder. If we have a jealous God, then we can probably assume that we can have a happy, mad, wrathful, sad, upset, ang uh, anxious nasty, all sorts of different adjectives to describe this particular god. If he can be jealous, he can be many things, I think. 
But this is the not the well, this is like the second time he's been described as jealous, and it seems to me we have a very angry and we have a jealous god, a green god and probably a red one, I'd imagine. Um, although jealousy isn't exactly envy, it's still pretty close. Uh, we do have an envious god, but in this it says we have a jealous god. I find that interesting. Very interesting. A very all-knowing and all-loving and all-doing and omnipotent thing is still jealous and commands us to destroy others' altars, break their images and cut down their groves, break the things they worship, break the images that they paint and cut down their groves, which to me either means their gardens, their nice little places of, of worship and rest, or cut down their groves, which means their food. Let them starve. This jealous god will be the one god for you, you Hebrew fun people. Hmm. All right. Eh? Hey, if I want a god, a jealous god is a pretty okay one, I guess. Let's them make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods. Hey, I go... Going a-whoring is a good thing, even after your gods. And do sacrifice unto their gods, and one called thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice... And thou take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go a-whoring after their gods, and make thy sons go a-whoring after their gods. Thou shalt make thee no molten gods. Okay, hold on, there's two thoughts here. Uh, is a jealous god, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods, and... Hmm... Basically, it seems to me that you will not deal with other people who are worshipping other gods, who are dancing around fire camp circles and fucking each other in large groups, which sounds kind of awesome, and sacrificing unto their gods, which we may have learned that sacrificing unto their gods might have meant human sacrifice. Not a good thing, but after you've been fucked, you know, you could, keep, I, I don't know, you could probably give a shit. Um, and one called thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice. Sounds like cannibalism. Sounds like it. I don't know if it is. Um, so if you fuck, fuck for their gods and sacrifice for their gods and eat of that sacrifice or eat of the sacrifice you were supposed to give to their gods, then that's a bad thing. And if you let your children marry into them, these, these infidels, as it were, it is a much bad thing. Um, and finally, with the seven, 3417, thou shalt make thee no molten gods, even if it happens to probably be of our jealous god, what's his fuck it. Um, but no molten gods. No, no, I'm assuming no metallic gods or no golden gods, which the Greeks, I think, had a lot of golden things. But this god, our god, seems to want a lot of things golden, doesn't he? At least the important shit, but I don't know how big they wanted these golden things. I don't know shit about cubits. I don't really care. <coughs> but he's laying down some rules again. <sighs> anyway, the feast of unleavened bread shalt thou keep. Mm. Yeah, okay. Good luck with that. Uh, seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread, as I commanded thee, in the time of the month of Abib, for in the month of Abib thou camest out of Egypt. 
So is it we eat unleavened bread forever, or just the the uh, just that full month of a bib? All that openeth the matrix is mine. Hey, all right. Apparently, they're planning on remaking that that movie, uh, or rebooting it, or whatever. Uh, and every firstling among thy cattle, whether oxen or sheep, that is male. Okay. But the firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb, and if thou redeem him not, then thou shalt then shalt thou break his neck. Huh. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. Hmm. Huh? Oh, yeah, sacrificing the firstborn male of stuff. Okay. Uh And it seems like the firstborn has to offer up something as well. Not himself, but uh, along the same lines. Six days thou shalt work, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. In earing time and in harvest thou shalt rest. Okay. And thou shalt observe the feast of weeks, and the fruitfuls of wheat harvest, and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. Thrice in the years shall all your men children appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. Okay, so, you know, three times. Uh, I don't know. Again, this might be that question of, like, do you just go outside and go, Hi, we're here. Hello. Uh, for I will cast out the nations before thee and enlarge thy borders. Uh, neither shall any man desire thy land when thou shalt go up to appear before the Lord thy God thrice in the year. Okay, so you're going to make the, the land that our fun Hebrew friends, led by Moses, if they show up three times a year, the nation is going to be big, and no one will want it. Well, if you happen to set up these people in the middle of a fucking desert, no one wants it. Convenient, God. Real convenient. Way to do that. Thou shalt not offer the blood... Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven... Neither shall the sacrifice of the feast of the Passover be left unto the morning. Okay. The first of the fr first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not seethe a kid in his mother's milk. Okay. A lot of old rules that we remember from previous chapters. Don't kill baby thingies that are just suckling at some titties. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. Oh, that's what that is. He did neither eat bread nor drink water, and he wrote upon the tables of the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Great. Okay, so that's where we get our Lent thing, our fun Catholic invention. Forty days and forty nights, I think. I assume. Uh, and it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, and when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. Probably fucked up his face, something fierce. And Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him. And Moses talked with them. 
And afterward all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them the commandment, all the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil, vile, on his face. Oh, must have been real ugly. When Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. And Moses put a veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him. Okay. Sweet. Well, um, good. I'm glad that all kind of worked out. What marvelous things. God is still wrathful and jealous and very unhappy with us. That's nothing new. But what are you going to do, right? And you just got to keep on chugging along, right? Chug a lug. Um, yeah, great. Thanks so much for listening, folks. I really appreciate you guys listening over the course of these weeks. Really, really like it. Hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. If you feel the need, please write a review or even just rate it on the iTunes app. That really super helps me, actually. I really appreciate it. If you want information on the uh, Loot Crate stuff, I'd be happy to deliver. Just send an email off to according to stupid at gmail.com. That's also in the show notes. All of these things are in the show notes, I think. Please, oh, please check it out. It would be fun. Um, that's about it. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Have yourself a wonderful time and day. And I'll be back later this week with some more Gospel According to Stupid. <laughs> This is the part where I do something about bensound.com. Why is that? Well, <laughs> silly, silly things. I do it because this guy's made the music for this podcast, and I've, I've tried doing it different ways each and every time, but, uh, you know, maybe I should just make a, a single thing, you know? But no, I kind of like doing the Ben Sound advert differently each and every time. Bensound.com. It's where this guy got his sound. <laughs>